Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective. I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular everyday perspective. We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma. We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Welcome back, everyone. It's good to be with you once again. And this week, I'm flying solo once again. I've got a question that I'm going to answer for this particular episode that is a really sensitive question and definitely grateful for the trust and willingness for this this listener to share this with us. So looking forward to sharing that with you in just a little bit here. First of all, I want to let you know, if you want to download a free course on rebuilding trust, you can click on the link in the show notes and we'll send that to you right away. Rebuilding trust is such a difficult process. It takes a long time. There's a lot of confusing steps. It can feel very chaotic. And I've broken the process down into a very simple to follow process, even though it's not simple to do, of course, because we're dealing with people, we're dealing with big emotions, trauma, and all kinds of struggles. It's helpful to at least have a guide. So you can click on the link in the show notes. We'll send it to you right away. And hopefully that can be a great resource for you as you are rebuilding broken trust or healing from the impact of broken trust. So today's question is from a listener who is just feeling extremely lost and hopeless. And I want to just read the question and then then I'll talk about it and provide an answer here. She says, I'm writing to you because I don't know what else to do. Maybe I haven't done enough already, but I cannot find the strength to go further. I have betrayed my partner 10 years ago, but I told him about it one year ago. I know, in all caps, by the way, I know I did a terrible thing. Probably keeping it a secret all these years was, was the worst. I really do want to do things better. I have been putting myself in the place that you advise, which I assume she means by that as a side note, just to take accountability and some of the things that I teach around rebuilding trust. But then she says, I don't really believe, however, that he wants, to, uh, wants us to overcome this together. And I totally understand it because I do know I put us in this situation and I don't blame him or anything, but he doesn't totally accept that he can't forgive me and be with me. So I'm here taking his punches, which I do feel I deserve, but it's been hurting for so long that I'm getting to a point that I cannot fully function anymore. And I have three kids who need me and I just can't stop being functional for them. I really want to do everything that it takes so I can make up for what I did, even if he decides not to be with me. That's okay, but I cannot stay any longer in this situation. It's killing me. I've even considered dying so as to stop this situation. I've never had the guts to say this to anyone or even write it. I need to get out of this hole. Once again, I, I really commend you for your courage and willingness to talk about this, to open up about it and reach out for help. Now, I've already responded to this person directly via email because there are some safety red flags here around wanting to die. And so, of course, if anyone listening to this is concerned about that for this listener, of course, or even for yourself, if you're feeling like you, you want to give up, please call 988, go to your nearest emergency room, reach out for help, open up, talk to someone, make sure that you can get help. It's absolutely critical that you stay safe and take care of yourself. And so this listener knows that I've already, I've already been back in contact with her to let her know that she needs to seek help for that immediately. If it's something that becomes more threatening and more serious than just a passing thought. 
And then I also, of course, want to talk about, you know, I don't know if she's literally talking about taking punches like he's becoming violent, which can happen sometimes. And of course, that's a very serious situation that needs to be remedied immediately by getting to safety. No one, no matter what mistakes they've made, deserves to be physically assaulted. I mean, even prisoners are protected from, we don't do that kind of, you know, corporal punishment or abusive things to, to prisoners even. I mean, of course, one could argue that some of the isolation and some of the other things are abusive. And I, you know, I have certainly have my opinions on that, but that's not the, the, the point of this podcast today. But needless to say, if, even if you've made mistakes, even if you've cheated on your partner, being physically abused or, you know, receiving any kind of abuse and retribution is not okay. You need to get to safety. You need to be able to set limits and be able to, to self-advocate and, and be protected. This is not how things get worked out. It's a reaction and you can certainly have compassion for the person who's been wounded and the impact that the infidelity has had on them and how much pain they must be in. Whether you're a, a man or a woman or whatever the case may be, it's still absolutely unacceptable to become abusive. Now, some people say, well, where's that line? You know, I mean, you've got somebody who's been betrayed and there's always that question of, you know, a verbal abuse or emotional abuse or some of the, you know, name calling or some of these things that happen in the course of healing from trauma and from betrayal. Yes, those things are often very common. There are a lot of times where the person who's been betrayed has really strong, authentic reactions where they have difficulty managing just the big, big emotions where they can even dissociate or have really extreme mental health crises and physical symptoms and other things that feel like they're beyond their control. And I have deep compassion for that. I've worked with these issues for decades and I understand how difficult this is at the same time. And I'll say, you know, and yet, because I think we have to be able to consider, consider this to make sure that everyone is able to maintain safety, which is there is a choice in that. Even if you lash out, even if you become aggressive and do something that's violent or damaging to somebody else, there's still a choice in that even after it happens. So let's say that you react in a way that just feels, you know, like out of control and you don't realize what you've done, or maybe you've, you've just had this, as I say, a crime of passion, right? There's still an opportunity after that to take accountability, to apologize, to repair, to get some help. And so I just want to want to say that as a subtext to this question, that it's really important that if there is a strong reaction that does more damage, whoever's being hurt has to make sure they take care of themselves. If there are children in the home, they're obviously being exposed to this level of aggression, attention. And so you have to think so much bigger than just, I'm accountable for this and I should have to take whatever comes at me. Now let's talk about this. This person, this, this woman is writing because she was unfaithful 10 years prior and told him a year ago. And so it's been a really difficult year for everyone, obviously. And she's trying to be accountable. She feels terrible for what she's done. I think it's safe to assume that she hasn't reoffended in 10 years, that this was a mistake she regrets terribly and she just kept it hidden, which of course is deeply damaging to keep a secret for that long. Does a number on the relationship and it can really set things back and make it difficult to trust and feel safe. Because of that, it's, it's important to obviously stay in this position of compassion, accountability, and willingness to listen and care about the effect it's having on, you know, on your partner. At the same time, if you are the person who broke the trust, you're the recovering partner who's trying to restore and rebuild trust, and you recognize that you need to do something to repair trust, 
you recognize that there's a lot you need to do, keep doing it. Keep doing everything you can to rebuild that trust. Keep doing everything to be, to have integrity, to be honest. But if there comes a point in this process where your efforts just invite more abuse, where they, it invites a level of intensity that is unrelenting, it's okay to protect your own physical and mental health and also the well-being of any children or anyone you're caring for. This is a tough conversation because a lot of the times people stay in these really unhealthy situations because they feel like they deserve it. They feel like this because of what they've done, they somehow need to tolerate or put up with a certain level of violence or aggression. And I'm just here to say that that's actually not healthy. If you're ever going to have a healthy relationship again, it can't be a power over dynamic. Because right now what she's describing is a power over, power under dynamic. Now, of course, keeping a secret from someone is a power over dynamic. She was in the one-up position having this information that she should have told him and she didn't. And so that can feel very threatening and very damaging because there's, it, you know, it's a power imbalance. But to reverse that and for the person who's been hurt by this to now put themselves in a one-up or power over position, that's never going to heal themselves or the relationship. So there's a few things you can do in this situation. Obviously, we've addressed the safety concerns. So if there are immediate safety concerns, that has to be number one priority for yourself, for your children. It's not going to help your husband heal to continue to be aggressive towards you. That's just not going to, to heal. And I would say this if this were a, a woman who was betrayed. To me, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying this just because perhaps he might be more physically imposing or more violent than perhaps a woman would be. I've seen it go both ways. I've seen you know, betrayed women break their partner's nose and I've seen them become violent. So it, it, this is equal opportunity. Anybody who's being aggressive or violent needs to understand that there has to be limits and boundaries around that for safety. So number one is safety. That has to be in place. If your partner just is unrelenting and wants to stay in this place or feels like they can't move out of it. I think it's important to have a really difficult and heart-to-heart -heart direct conversation about, I guess what I would describe as conditions, to talk very directly about the fact that these conditions are breaking down your will to live, that they're breaking down your, your own mental health, your own physical health, that they're having a huge impact on your home environment. And to really ask the person who's been betrayed, ask the betrayed partner to really take responsibility for what they need. If what they need is for you to be punished, then there has to be a conversation about that. And I think there needs to be some honesty around that for the betrayed partner to say, yes, I need you just to be punished. I need you to be hurting. I need to hurt you. And then you can both have a really honest adult conversation about whether that's going to work or not. Because even though you're the recovering partner, the person who broke the trust, you also can decide if that's the kind of environment you want to live in. Again, I think early on, it's very normal for there to be a lot of big emotions, a lot of trauma, a lot of hurt, but there has to come a point in the process, and I'm not going to put timelines on it, but certainly a year is a really long time to stay in this position of just ongoing abuse or aggression like that. But there has to come a point where you switch from the fear and reactivity and the one-up power over position to softening and getting vulnerable and starting to talk about what was lost, the grief, talking about the impact, getting clear on what you need, having a voice, understanding what you need to heal. Again, I don't know this person or their situation more than what you've heard me read from their question, 
But it seems like there's a missed opportunity here. It seems like the person who's been hurt, who's been betrayed, her husband, is missing an opportunity here to take charge of his own healing, to soften in the place of understanding where he's been hurt, what's been lost, what he needs. Again, if he's confronted with that option of, if what you need to do is just to punish your partner, your wife to feel better, if that's what you need to heal, then obviously she gets to choose whether or not that's going to work for her because obviously she's on the other end of that. This is an opportunity for both people to step into their own accountability, to understand how they are going to be agents and choose how they want to do this going forward. Just because she broke the trust does not mean she's obligated to stay in an aggressive situation. A lot of people do stay in it for a while as part of their accountability. I understand that. And in most cases, the person who's been betrayed starts to go into their grief and loss and sadness and things start to settle. But in cases like this where it doesn't, it is critical to have these really hard conversations around safety, around choice, around grief and loss, and really what they need. If your partner is not willing to have those conversations, if they're not willing to go there, then it's agonizing, but you have to make some very difficult decisions that you know may feel unfair to you, may feel unfair to your partner, may feel like you know, you should somehow stay here and take this. But the reality is that it actually creates more suffering for someone who's in that one-up position. They're actually not thriving. And so if you really care about healing a relationship or even healing the person that's been hurt, you have to interrupt that dynamic. You have to break that apart so that there can be a pause, so there can be a space to really consider and observe and see what's happening. When things are that difficult and that abusive, interrupting it, stopping, pausing is really the only way anybody's going to be able to see anything clearly. I hope this gives you some ideas and some support as you're trying to figure out how to navigate this situation. I want to reemphasize, and I'll say it once, I'll say it a thousand times, no one deserves to be abused in the aftermath of betrayal. Even though secret keeping, even though cheating, even though all these things are all absolutely abusive behaviors, the retribution is not going to help anyone heal. And so there has to be accountability for the impact that those abusive behaviors have had, the lying, the hiding, the manipulation, gaslighting, all those things. They're terrible and they make the healing very difficult, of course. I've never seen anyone heal individually or together when there's been a power dynamic like that, a power, a kind of a one-up power over type dynamic. So if you're stuck in one of those, please seek the help that you need. Please recognize it's okay for you to set limits on that and ask for what you need. Tough question, tough situation. These situations are never easy. And obviously, if you can seek more direct professional guidance to help you be able to think through this, make decisions, get your husband the support that he needs. He's obviously in a tremendous amount of pain. I have tons of compassion for him. I recognize that both of you are hurting tremendously. So seek the support that you need. Recognize that it's okay for you to get to safety, even though you were the one that originally hurt him with this secret. And if the husband is, happens to be listening to this, I hope that you'll be able to find the healing that you need. You're hurting and your aggression is a signal that you're in deep pain. And I also want to invite you to try a different way to be able to get the actual help that you need so you can get some relief and stop acting out in ways that are going to only push you further from the people that you love the most. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for being a part of this podcast every single week. 
We're going to continue to bring you great interviews with other people, great conversations between Jody and me, questions from listeners, and just want to continue supporting all of you in your journey, wherever you may find yourself, whatever part of the process you're in. Once again, you can download the free course on rebuilding trust using the the link in the show notes, and we'll send it to you right away. Thanks again for being here. We'll catch you in the next episode.